0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Celebrating Birth. I'm here with a dear friend from high school, Julia Cooper, formerly Julia Bryce. (laughs)
1: Hi, Kelsey.
0: So good to see you, and um, I'll let you take the floor and let you introduce yourself, and uh, yeah, I'm so excited to, to share this conversation with you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So my name is Julia. I'm a mom of three. I live in Hayward, California with my husband and our three kids. And um, the birth of my first son was really a catalyst for me um, into the birth world and really wanting to find my place as a birth worker and in this awesome community and um, helping women.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Um, Where did you get your doula certification?
1: It was just through a donut a donor awesome. doula training that was local to me, um, in Alameda, California. So,
0: yeah. Cool. <laughs> and how do you think that training influenced your subsequent births?
1: Well, I knew a lot about birth. I'm a little bit, I'm a birth junkie and, um, you know, I think knowledge is power, but Um, the, the birth training, it's interesting to look back on, you know, doing a doula training because, um, my son's birth didn't go the way that I necessarily wanted. Right. And so I think I, I really, I wanted to potentially protect and also, you know, save other women from the system. And so I went into the doula training with, Kind of a mindset that now, in hindsight, I don't think is appropriate for birth work, um, and so I, I can't say that you know the training was super eye opening in terms of helping me prepare for my um, future births or or really um, helping serve women. But it it was something that helped me dive deeper into just kind of trying to figure out my place as a birth worker and, and, you know, really, how do we serve women with integrity, you know? And so that, that opened like a whole new world for me of, um, just thinking about this idea of, of saving women. And I think so, so very often it's out of a, of a place of good, right? Everybody's intentions are good, but, um, you know, we look to the OBs as authority figures or the midwives as authority figures, or, you know, the doula is someone that you look to in the room and see, you know, should I do this? Can I do this? Right. And it's really, um, for me, I have really kind of dive deep into taking responsibility for your birth, um, and centering the woman and, um, You know, really having the woman be the authority figure or birthing birthing person. I'm not sure what what terms you really are comfortable using, but having that birthing person be the authority figure that you look towards as the decision maker in in their birth, right? So, um, so I've really kind of reframed for myself like, what is a doula? You know, what is a midwife like with woman? You know, um, after that training. So it was good for me to do that for sure as just kind of like a jumping off point.
0: Mm, I resonate with that so, so much. (laughs) I think it took me about three births to try and start to reframe like what was actually going on and why I had entered the space in the first place. Um, Mm -hmm. And I realized that in the birth room, like for my own birth, it was very empowering. And I didn't need to save myself. You know, there was nothing of that nature. But because of my own birth, um, as a baby, that's what was triggered actually in the birth room. And that's what I felt like was coming up. Like, okay, I got to deal with
1: this. (laughs) Yeah. That's very, very interesting. And, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. You cannot go into the birth space with any baggage projecting any fears, you know, your energy matters and it, and it, you know, it really does shape you know, just how the woman is feeling and it can ultimately affect the outcome of the birth with, depending on the energy and what you're kind of walking into the birth room with. And so that's very powerful and people need to be mindful of that if they want to be a birth worker that, um, you know, it matters how they show up for women and how they perceive their role. Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. Uh, Well, I'd love to dive into your verse first. Um, So what message or like what culture of birth were you brought up in? I know you're from the U.S. as well. um, So I have an idea, but we all come with our own um, ideas and beliefs. And I'd love to hear what yours were and maybe how they transformed throughout your three births.
1: Yeah. So thank you. That's a great question. So I really did not have any friends who had had babies before me. I was one of the youngest, you know, especially for California. I wasn't that young, but I was 26 when I got pregnant with my first. And, um, but I, you know, so I really only had my mom's experience to go off of. That was the only person who I really knew, you know, who I was super close with that would talk about this stuff with that had walked this path before me. And, um, my mom has six kids and she had us all in the hospital and she had three of us quote unmedicated. Right. So really all I knew when I was pregnant with my first is that my mom had OBs. She loved her OB experience. You know, she wanted me to go that path, stay with an OB and a hospital birth. And, um, and that, you know, if she could do it unmedicated, so could I. And for me, the word unmedicated has changed or my you know, my feelings around the word natural. I think natural is a very important word in the birth community and the birth world. And I don't think it should be replaced with the word unmedicated because while my mom had, um, epidural free births, and that is so, so amazing. And, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with the way that she birthed. I only took the message of unmedicated meaning epidural free. Right. And so she was induced and had Pitocin with basically all of us, you know, she had Demerol, she had some other forms of pain relief. Um, so it's very interesting because I just kind of thought, okay, if my mom can do it, I can do it. And that's all I really went into my first uh, pregnancy with um, before I sort of educated myself more. So, you know, it my thoughts on birth and everything has changed so much since that point. Uh, five years ago was when I was first pregnant. Um, but I really came into it with this feeling of, okay, if my mom did it without an epidural in the hospital, so can I, and, um, it's interesting because my husband and I actually did watch the business of being born when I was pregnant with my first baby. And there were some hints and some feelings that I wanted to do things a different way or have a home birth, but my mom really discouraged me from that. And, um, you know, it, I guess we didn't have like a super long conversation about it, but she just was like, I did it in the hospital with an OB and so can you. So that's what I stuck with.
0: Ah, oh, that's wonderful. Um, my mom was kind of similar. She had Pitocin, was induced, but uh, at her hospital, it was in Davis. They wouldn't let her get any epidural or any type of pain medication, and so I think that's where she felt cornered and in a hole. And that's the, the belief that I grew up with is that it's like the most painful experience of your life.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: so that's where I was like, that's why I think it was so transformative for me. Cause I like literally was in the paralyzed state of fear when I found out I was pregnant with Maddie and had to really work through who knows what, <laughs> but um, yeah, very cool to hear that your mom had six unmedicated for us it's really cool
1: she actually had uh, three of us unmedicated and then the other three her so it's which is really opposite of what most people do right or Mm -hmm. the story here is that the first the first one is medicated and then subsequent ones are not but my mom had the first three epidural free and then Mm. uh brother and she said it was really painful so she had an epidural (laughs) part of it's like just do it with an epidural. it's like it's easy like it just I don't know So that was kind of what I had in my head. And then my my the youngest are actually twins. Um, There's a 12 year age difference, almost 12 years between us. So I've seen my mom go through many pregnancies. And in fact, I've seen her go through many losses and miscarriages as well. So, um, you know, and those are things that really stick out in my mind growing up of, you know, those are very core memories seeing my mom. Uh, experience losses, seeing my mom, you know, I had never was in the birthing room, but just, I can very vividly remember the excitement and the energy of welcoming in a new sibling. Um, so the twins, my mom had them vaginally, but it was actually required of her to have an epidural because, um, they did a baby B breech ext- extraction and she had them in the OR, you know, all the standard protocols for, for twins. Um, just in case it was going to, you know, be an emergency C-section situation or whatever. But, um, yeah, so I kind of had, uh, that's really all I had was my mom's experience <laughs> to go off of. Yeah. And, um,
0: what's coming up for me is did her miscarriages and her going through that impact you one way or another when you found out that you were pregnant?
1: Yeah, it definitely did. Um my mom probably had four or five losses. So I've seen her go, I mean, when you have so many kids, you know, it's kind of um it's a, it's a little bit inevitable, right? It's one in three pregnancies ends in a loss. So in a way seeing her go through all those losses was very normalized for me. That pregnancy loss um you know, it does unfortunately happen and um you know, there were certain my mom had one miscarriage that was more around 13 weeks. So that was, um, that was a tough one for our family. Um, but aside from that, I don't know, it's interesting. My relationship as we get into our story, my relationship with pregnancy loss, it, it's an interesting one. And a part of that is because I am so fortunate that I have three living, healthy, thriving children. Right. Um, but certainly I did, I did have some fear of, of loss. Um, you know, when I was pregnant with Van, I, I, my first, I was a little bit like hesitant to share the news and everything as I think a lot of people are. Um, and I did end up, I did have a miscarriage myself between my first and my second babies, but, um, yeah, we can get into that more later because in hindsight it, it ended up being a very empowering experience for me. And, um, I've really leaned into the idea that women are not only the keepers of life, but we are also the keepers of death. And, um, that's just something that really, I don't know, it, it resonates with me, but it also just, it, it's, it's just something that makes me feel powerful as a woman knowing that it's, it's both ends of it, right. It's a cycle. And, um, it's, it's interesting. It is. <laughs> oh, that's
0: beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. That really, uh... mm-hmm spoke to my heart there. And um, yeah, so beautiful. Um, so speaking of powerful, um, what challenges and it could be from any of your births, did you feel that really challenged your character or just like major character, like really highlighted what um, you feel already that is strong in your, in
1: yourself? Um, my births were so different. I mean, wildly different births. And um, I'd love to tell you the full story of, or the abbreviated version, I guess, of all three of them. But um, I think what I learned, obviously, is that birth really never goes to plan, right? You might have a vague, you know, you have a birth plan or birth preferences and a a vague idea of what you want, but there's always going to be something in every single birth, even births that are textbook perfect. There's always going to be something that really challenges you. Right. So I think for me now reflecting after having three babies, my last birth was the most wild. It was the biggest surprise wild card of all of them from start to finish from conception to birth to even now it's, it's a journey. And, um, I've really just leaned into trusting, trusting my body, trusting my baby, trusting God, trusting the universe, trusting nature. And because of that, even though his birth was so wild in a way, right. Or so something that could have been so, um, traumatic, worrisome, fearful for other people. I just really leaned into it. I had 100% trust. I really, really did. So I wouldn't have been there, you know, five years ago, but going through all of these experiences, um, when I had him nine months ago, um, I just, I just knew everything was going to be okay. And, and that's, that's really all there is to it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome to hear. Um, in my little intro session, I uh, highlighted that. Yeah, everything is going to be okay once you hit that trust level. It's so amazing to um really just be present, and that was the biggest thing. Is that in my life a lot of the times I just felt like I wasn't present, and birth required uh-huh. that of me. Uh-huh. So that was that was my biggest uh, aha moment. I think. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. 100%. I feel that 100%. And my birth with Jace, my third born, I was so present. I have never been more present in the moment, you know, in my life. And I think part of that too comes with, with Van's birth, I really didn't take much responsibility, right? And then with Felicity's birth, it was my second born, completely opposite experience, but I still didn't understand the level of responsibility it takes, to truly birth a baby on your own terms and take full responsibility for the outcome and your, the choices that you're making. Right. And with Jace, I really took full responsibility and I trusted that the decisions that I was making were the best decisions for him and for myself. And it it was, just just that. But that outcome was not perfect, right? Or something catastrophic had happened. I still knew I was happy with the decisions I was making and I would take responsibility for the outcome regardless, if that makes sense. (laughs) It does. And
0: how do you think, like, what work did you do on yourself? that got you to that point of responsibility? Or was it just, um, just something that came
1: naturally for you? Or
0: did you have to kind of work through that?
1: A lot of work, I would say a lot of work. And mostly it came from my other two birth experiences and wanting to keep diving deeper and figuring out why I wouldn't call any of my births traumatic, you know, but why I was still feeling this like inner, you know, pull or confusion or processing of my births. If that makes sense. I was just, after Van's birth, it worked, you know, everything turned out great on paper. It was a very like normal text, you know, very basic hospital birth. But I still, I was just confused. Like, why did things go the way they went, right? And then with Felicity's birth, it was 180, completely different, unassisted home birth. And I was still confused. Why did things go the way that they went, you know? And then with Jace, that's when I really dove in. I mean, he was an unplanned pregnancy. So from the start, it was just responsibility, trust, surrender, you know, just... From the start, I was going to do things different with him, um, and I think if you hear, yeah, if if you want to hear my birth stories, it will explain a lot more because everybody's birth stories have an element of drama, right? And it, they you know they're dramatic and this and that and the other, but at the end of the day, birth is birth, you know. My stories are 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 wild with their context, but they're so basic and so simple and so just natural and mundane and everyday in terms of like, it was just a woman giving birth.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's beautiful. I just want to highlight that this process that you went through and that you, you can't expect yourself to have it all together the first time around. And, um, you know, it's just little pieces at a time and you can't beat yourself up about What was before, all you could do is process and go
1: through it and eventually take responsibility and go from there. Right. Absolutely. You just make the best decisions that you can with the knowledge that you're given at the time, right? And um, Britta Bushnell has a book called Transform by Birth. And one of the things that she says is that information is not synonymous with preparation. And that is something that I did not understand at all. When I had Van, I was so informed. Like I could tell you C-section rates or I could tell you, you know, what is Pitocin or what is a Foley balloon? Or I could tell you these different things that didn't make me prepared at all, right? And so then with Felicity, I tried to dig a little bit more deep into, you know, the mental actual preparation and stamina and all of that. And I did a great job. Felicity's birth was really easy, actually. Um, she was for sure my easiest birth. She basically just flew out of me. But I still was confused. So then with Jace, with Jace, I finally understood the personal responsibility piece and brought all of that together. So it's not just the information of understanding your rights and, you know, advocating for yourself. It's not just that mental component of having that mental strength to make it through something so difficult and so trying. But then it's also this like personal responsibility piece of, um, just understanding that at the end of the day, this is your birth. This is your baby's entrance into the world. And, and it matters. It matters. So you need to make the decisions that are, you know, the most intuitive for you. It does not, like, whatever other people's opinions are, you need to put that aside and you need to get clear on what it is that you want for your baby's entrance into the world. And that's the bottom line, really. Well, I don't think
0: I can elaborate anymore. That's amazing. <laughs> it's so true. And Britta, yeah, her book is, I think, by far the best birth book um, that I've read. And unfortunately, I read it after both of my kids. I was like, wow, ah, I wish I had this book. Um But yeah, that is so true. And it's just like, yeah, we use sometimes the uh, scenario of like preparing for your wedding or, you know, what do you actually want it to look like? How do you actually want to celebrate, which is the whole point of this podcast, how do you actually want to celebrate the welcoming of your baby
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: um, having it come into the body? It has to be like a cellular, like knowing, instead of just like all mind and yeah, it's a whole body experience, which, um, again, I think that's why birth has been so transformative to me. It got me out of my mind and really focusing on my whole being.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I love the celebrate birth idea because, um, with Felicity, it's funny. Cause I still have Jace's whole, uh, what would you call it? Like the mantle. You know how with the home birth you you prepare all your mantras and everything up on like a, a a mantle or whatever. But with felicity, the thing I had right in the center was celebrate it's your baby's birthday. Because I missed that with Van. I missed it completely. I I, I was so out of it in terms of I don't know, just I I could not with him wrap my head around the fact that my baby is being born today and this is the day to celebrate. Right. Um, so that was like my front and center mantra with Felicity's birth.
0: <laughs> oh, That's amazing. Yeah. And I went through the same thing. It was like, you just want to get through it. Cause it's all this unknown, all this who knows what I just want to get through it. And then, <laughs> yeah, I felt the same. I think afterwards I was like, wait a second here. This didn't like feel the way I wanted it to. I didn't really Allow the space for the trust. Um, of course, all the things that come down the line. But, um, yeah, it's amazing when you you have that moment of celebration. If I can impart my wisdom on anybody, it'd be to to find little ways at least to celebrate and have your partner, whoever's in the room with you,
1: have something ready to remind you <laughs> through it all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's easier said than done, right? when you're going through such an intense experience. but, it's just the most important, arguably the most important experience in your life and your baby's life. So, and it's worth celebrating. So um, you need to be intentional about what, you know, what, who you're bringing into this space, you know, what you have set up, everything. You have to be intentional about, about all of it. And that's hard too, when you don't know how it's going to unfold, right? There, it's completely unknown. And yet we're, we're saying you need to be intentional about, about it. You know everything that you do. <laughs> it's hard. It's not an easy ask.
0: <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But through, yeah, through everyone sharing, I, I'm hoping that that's what will just help women coming up onto this journey. That that much more because I don't think that I heard those messages. It was more like, yeah, the birth, normal birth prep. Let's get you know um, mindset right work out your body, you know, all your vitals good, your baby's positioning good. And then apart from that, that was, that was kind of the message there. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for, for your wisdom and, um, you've already given us so much, but is there any gift of encouragement that you could share with the women who, yeah, are about to embark?
1: Get clear on, on what you want, on what you want for your baby, on what you want for yourself and, um, and trust yourself, trust yourself, trust your baby, and then, and then take responsibility for that, you know? So just, it takes a lot of work, but, um, really hone in on your intuition. And I've heard something great that if it's coming out of a, it's hard to distinguish intuition and fear, especially with birth. Right. But, um, I I've heard that if, if it brings up, you know, fear, and maybe you can say this better than I can, but if it brings up fear for you, if it brings up worry for you, it's not intuition. That's just fear. So I don't know. I just, you have to kind of sit with, sit with uh, even thinking about hard scenarios and, um, and get clear on, on your wishes and your intentions and, I think that for me, that has really crossed into motherhood too, right? Of just trying to be an intentional mom and, um, and just also try, you know, I knowing, I, I know that I am the best mom for my kids, right? And I'm not perfect. I make a lot of mistakes, but I know that I am the best mother for them and that they chose me and, and, and knowing that so clearly and confidently, it really started in my pregnancy with them in my birth for them and my birth with them and and now mothering them. Um, yeah. (laughs) Oh, beautiful. Um, yeah. I love just how
0: much of a process it is. And that one decision really does affect another and how you choose to be at a certain point is really reflected later. And, um, for me, the fear aspect is, it's almost pointing you in the right direction. Like, hey, this is, I'm trying to get your attention here, and um, this is actually kind of meaningful for you to move through this. So are you going to face it, or are you going to back away from it? Um. Um. That's how I have found my fear, at least. And everyone, I think, comes up differently. Thank you so much for listening. It was so good to have you. I really hope that you take to heart what Julia has shared today because, yeah, wow. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Julia. I had so much fun having that conversation with her, and I loved how deep we were able to go. Um, so, so amazing that by having these conversations, it can open up conversations, hopefully for you and that you can take all of what we have shared and translate it into your own experience. So thank you again so much for being here. I look forward to sharing more with you in future episodes. Take care. Bye.